in Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, then you more than likely know that this is all about horror movies, fantasy movies, sci-fi, weird movies, uh, little scene movies, movies that need to be seen. Uh, and one day removed from Christmas, I am going to be doing uh, Christmas cleanup is kind of what this is called. I'm just going to be kind of just just blabbering about some movies that I've watched uh, there's a, one of them that probably doesn't really fit into soft underbelly, but it's raunchy enough that yeah, it'll 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 make the pass. So um, wrapping up on uh, on Christmas, obviously I hit on Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Santa Sleigh, and Black Christmas, and a host of other fun Christmas horror related movies, and. Um, there's a couple that I didn't hit on that uh, that are some of my personal favorites that just they don't really quite fit into the this this soft underbelly type show, but they're still worthy of mention. And one of them is 2003's Bad Santa, one of my all-time favorite comedies. I watch it every year, and every year it it never ceases to make me cringe and laugh till I cry, and even get a little bit. Uh, touching at at times. Uh, directed by Terry Zwigoff, and of course starring none other than Billy Bob Thornton. Tony Cox is also in this, and uh, Lauren Graham's in this, Bernie Mac, John Ritter. Uh, this was John Ritter's actual last movie, I believe. Uh, and then there's a couple other people that you'd probably recognize. The movie itself is hysterical, and it's wrong on so many levels. Um, plot synopsis, if you don't know what this is about, you, come on guys, get on it. Uh, a miserable con man and his partner pose as Santa and his little helper to rob department stores on Christmas Eve. Uh, but they run into problems when the con man befriends a troubled kid and the security boss discovers the plot. Uh, I'll tell you, there is an actual heart in this movie, which is surprising with just, just how incredibly raunchy it is. Uh, there's... It's a very much a redemption piece, uh, even though uh, I don't know how to say this. Even though it's uh, it's mean spirited and it's almost anti Christmas, it still has a uh, a heart, and I really liked that. Um, and at least in the unrated version, I actually have never watched the R-rated version or the director's cut. I've only watched the unrated version. There's actually three versions of this movie, uh, and. The unrated version is, I guess, more studio-based, I, I, I guess. And I believe that there's more of a redemptive storyline in this one versus the director's cut that is a lot more just sticking with the mean-spiritedness of it. And it's actually a lot shorter. And so I just choose to watch the unrated version, and I, I howl with laughter every single time I watch this. Um, Billy Bob Thornton admitted that he was genuinely intoxicated during the filming which actually totally makes sense because he's so good in this that if it would have been just acting, uh, it would have been extremely impressive. But he did truly, genuinely look, sound, and act drunk, and so and which he was almost the entire movie. Uh, he looked just terrible, 
And and Billy Bob Thornton has never been like this big sex symbol, but let me tell you what, in this movie, whew, man, he looks bad. Uh, but that, of course, goes with bad Santa. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm looking here on IMDb. Uh, John Ritter's uh, final acting appearance in the movie that was this movie, and the movie is dedicated to his memory. Well, what a movie to be remembered by. Um, there, uh, there is so many swear words in this movie. Uh, there's over 300 profanities in it, and let me tell you, it's it, for some for some reason, it's probably in the the manner that the that the swearing is used that it's just so harsh, and it's just oh man. Probably because it's one, it's set right over Christmas, and everybody, pretty much everybody, except this poor kid that uh, that Billy Bob's character befriends, there everybody's a scumbag of some on some level or another, or a wuss, or ugh, it's just there's no one to root for. But that's what that's what gives this movie its its charm. Um, Jack Nicholson actually had read the script and wanted to do this movie, but had to turn it down because he was already committed to Something's Gotta Give, which is a good movie, by the way. But, oh man, that would have been great. The guy is not making movies anymore, and to have him as one of his last movies do this, he would have been great in this. I think he would have been great. Although, um, while I can see Nicholson in this role, it's something about Billy Bob just works so, so well. Um, so anyway, um, Tony Cox, he's the little, uh, he's the little, uh, elf guy, uh, that is partners with Bob, Billy Bob Thornton and they go around to different malls. They, they rob it on Christmas Eve and they have this whole, this whole gimmick that they do and it's, it works great. And there, there is one line in the movie and I, it's one of my favorite lines in the movie, actually. Uh, Tony Cox, he ad, ad libs. The uh, you, you probably shouldn't be digging up in your ass line. And the director found the line so funny that he admitted to repeatedly cracking up on set and even walk, waking up in the middle of the night laughing. And so that's where it's so... I love when uh, ad-libbing happens in movies. And just uh, and uh, I'm going to talk about another movie where it just seems like there is tons of ad-libbing. And some of the best jokes in movies are, are jokes that, that really talented comedians, actors... Just make up on the fly and like that one that was great uh, and in fact I wouldn't be surprised if there's other jokes like that uh, sprinkled throughout the uh, movie that are ad-libbed so um, uh, throughout the film there's constant uh, hints that Bernie Mac's character has chronic constipation he eats oranges mixes stool softener in his drinks etc etc and it's just um, it's just hilarious so um, just again uh just just different things that I really like about the movie. Oh, and I'm I'm seeing here the unrated version actually uh, has way way more uh, uses of the f word and uh, 170 uses of the f word and 70. Uh, there's 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 so much swearing in this movie. There's so much. Um, Bill Murray was signed on as Willie but dropped out for Lost in Translation. Um, Joel and Ethan Cohen revised the screenplay. And, uh, um, man, it's, I'm, I'm just looking through, there's all sorts of, uh, of great, of great, uh, info in this movie. Uh, I can't recommend this movie enough, especially if you have a, I don't want to say hearts, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Especially if you're tolerant for this kind of thing, you just have to be prepared with how raunchy it is and, uh, 
they well, just when you think they're not going to go there, they actually they go there, and I I love it. I love the movie. It's hilarious. I think that you should watch it. So Bad Santa. It's a yearly tradition of mine, and I'm going to keep on with the comedies uh, right now, uh, mainly because this is a movie that's been in the news lately uh, for good reason, and uh, I I just watched it. I actually just finished it last night, and uh, it, it's hilarious, and I urge everybody to support the movie, and that would be 2014's The Interview, uh, directed by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, and this is the movie that anybody with a TV or internet access knows what's going on with The Interview, and the fact that Sony got hacked, and a bunch of information was stolen, and it all stems from the making of this movie, financing this movie, and the fact that it is painting a very poor light of North Korea and its supreme leader, Kim Jong-un. And so uh, the major uh, theater chains dropped the movie because the movie was getting threats. Uh, Sony was getting threats about 9-11 type attacks if this movie is actually released. So the theaters pulled the movie or pulled, yeah, pulled the movie from the lineup, which made in turn Sony pretty much having to dump the movie, uh, which is unfortunate. But on the flip side, um, while everybody thought that they were caving in to the terrorist demands, and that's what this is, this is cyber terrorism, uh, Sony decided to release it in a couple small independent theater chains as well as video on demand. And of course, it's going to hit the torrents like crazy, um, but at least the movie is getting out there and can be seen, and I like that Sony uh, didn't back down from the bullies. Uh, from the, t- the terrorist bullies. So I rented the movie. Um, good and bad about the rental process with this. It's uh, on YouTube for $5.99. Um, and I have YouTube on my PlayStation 3. There must have been such an influx of people trying to watch this movie that uh, that it, it locked up about 30 minutes into the movie. Well, that's not what you want to happen when you pay $6 to watch a movie. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll take my computer... And I'll uh, I'll run it through my HDMI port on my computer into my screen. Done deal. And it worked fine, except it only displays on standard definition on my laptop. So now I'm watching uh, watching this movie that I paid six bucks for in not even barely VHS quality on a 120 inch screen. And I'm like, okay, now this sucks. And so I just gave it a day and tried it again and worked fine. So I, I'm guessing that it was just an influx of people trying to stream this movie, watch this movie. Um, you know, here's the thing about about uh, the movie, and the, the synopsis is Dave Skylark and his producer Aaron Rappaport run the celebrity tabloid show Skylark Tonight, where they land an interview with a surprise fan, North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. Uh, they are recruited by the CIA to turn their trip uh, to North Korea into an assassi- assassination mission. Um, I get why uh, a terrorist third world dictatorship country would probably not like this movie because it is exactly that. It is extremely unflattering uh, and it is extremely poking fun at this country and its leadership there. However, it's a movie and it's a comedy movie, uh, a silly comedy movie from... uh, from the director of uh, This Is The End and Pineapple Express and had a part in Superbad. So it's like, come on, really? Um, This is one of those things where uh, 
I think bad press, and I hesitate to say bad press because the movie itself didn't get, really get bad press, but just everything that went down made a, a a really good comedy movie, but not one that is the be-all, end-all of comedies. It it's made this movie skyrocket in popularity. Um, and so for that, I think it's kind of cool. I like that. Uh, it makes for a very interesting story, I'll say that. Um, I will say that uh, having watched the movie, uh, I thought it was great. I... I it was a hilarious movie, not to be taken serious at all, other than the fact that what they do, how they do uh, present North Korea in the movie is fairly accurate as far as starving their people and concentration camp type stuff and everything that's going on. Uh, and it has this just crazy ending that I, I love, and I'm not going to spoil it, but let me just say that it's um, it works quite well. It's, it's one of those where you're like, are they going to go there? Are they really going to go there? Yeah, they do. And I'm like, that's... That's brilliant. That's great. I love it. So it's also surprisingly gory. Uh, by about the midway point, maybe a little bit later on in the movie, things take a very violent turn, and they don't let up either. And I'm like, whew, this isn't just a raunchy comedy. This is pretty gruesome stuff. So uh, for that, I give it a big thumbs up. I really, really liked the movie. Is, is it worthy of all this publicity? No, probably not. Uh, it's it's right there with uh, This is the End and other comedies like this. It's definitely one to pour a stiff drink to and check your brain out and have a good time. It would have made a good, you know, holiday-watching comedy. And I hope that they do make their money back on this movie with with how easy it is to to download torrents and that whole thing. Uh, I, I, I'll be surprised because it's so easy to do. Uh, and... The the budget was, I believe, $45 million, uh, give or take. So it's going to be probably fairly hard to um, to recoup that. But who knows? I don't know. Um, so anyway, uh, there's a lot of, of uh, info on the movie. Uh, but all you need to know is that uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco head over to North Korea and uh, hilarity ensues. Uh Lizzie uh, Kaplan is in this, and I think she's so uh, awesome. She was in uh, Cloverfield, and she was in Mean Girls, uh, and I believe that she was in Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, don't quote me on that, but I she looked like the girl from Hot Tub. And I'm looking here, and she was the girl from Hot Tub Hot Tub Time Machine. So uh, I thought that she was really good in this. Uh, and she doesn't really seem like a uh, a big comical type person, but she was hilarious in this movie. So, um, anyway, watch the movie. Uh, rent it for six bucks. It's worth it. Support the movie. Uh, I don't at all in any way, shape, or form condone censorship, and that was the ultimate version of censorship by a dictator country pulling this type of crap, if that is indeed what happened, and I'm pretty certain it is. For anybody that actually thinks that Sony orchestrated this themselves, you're a moron. They didn't. So, anyway, The Interview. Great movie. I love it. Uh, Big thumbs up. Uh, Again, this doesn't really, really fit into soft underbelly stuff, but I guess it's a raunchy comedy with some gore, so maybe, kinda, sorta. Um, Okay, so, anyway, moving on. um, I am now going to also talk about, this is a little bit more Christmas-themed, Mainly just because it's set, uh, it's uh, snowy in the movie. Uh, if that, if that constitutes uh, uh, 
talking about Christmas movies. Um, but that would be Dead Snow Part 2, Red vs. Dead, directed by Tommy Workola. And he also did, obviously, uh, Dead Snow, the first one, and Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. So, um, my co-host, Eric Marner, does not care for the original Dead Snow. I do think that he should give it another chance. Um, however, I do think, even if he, even if, if what he's saying is true, he doesn't like the jokes in the movie so much. Uh, and I get it. It's, it is kind of cheesy and it's, it's almost a ripoff of Evil Dead set in the snow. Um, however, the sequel really, uh, really ups everything, budget, scripting, uh, acting, everything is better in the sequel. My only complaint, I'm just going to get my, my one and only real major complaint out of the way right away, is the movie is 100 minutes long, and that's about, that's about 10 minutes too long. Um, but everything else in the movie is worlds better than the first one. And you can tell that this director is really coming into his own. Uh, he, he, the technical aspects of the movie are fantastic. The special effects are fantastic. The jokes work um, it's funny. It's just it needed a little bit more trimming uh, down. So that would be my only thing with the movie. But I'll tell you what, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, I thought was hilarious, especially on the second viewing. The first viewing I watched in the theater, and I enjoyed it. Uh, the second viewing, the unrated version, I liked way, way more. Uh, way more gory. Uh, there's more jokes in the movie. Big thumbs up on that one. I, I really enjoy that movie. And I, I really like Dead Snow, the first one. I've seen Dead Snow probably four or five times now, and I think it's it's really, really good. Uh, I love zombie movies, and I you have to... Uh, for me, at least, I, I kind of have to lower my expectations. It's a lower-budget movie. Um, in fact, I should probably hit on uh, Dead Snow, the first one, before I really get into part two, just so that I can set things up properly. Um, okay, Dead Snow is... Uh, a ski vacation turns horrific for a group of medical students as they find themselves confronted by an unimaginable menace. Nazi zombies. And this one here did not overstay its welcome. And I also thought that this was beautifully shot. Uh, it's still very much a low-budget movie, but, um, uh, you know, it, it, it works uh, for, for what they're trying to do. This is a Norwegian movie. It was shot in Norway. It's the first one is subtitled. It's only an $800,000 budgeted movie. And it actually feels like a lot more than that, but the acting isn't quite as good in this one, uh, especially as, as the second one. And the jokes don't just don't quite work like the second one. Although I, th- I thought it was very funny. Um, uh, it takes a little bit to get into the movie, but once it does, it, uh, it just doesn't let up. It's, it's just, one gory scene after the other, and uh, I, I like that. I like that the director is throwing everything in the kitchen sink into this. The beginning is also one of the best parts of the movie. It's it sets itself up really really well, and even with the first one, the the way the Nazi zombies look is fantastic. Uh, the the care and detail that went into the prosthetic effects in, the, in this movie and especially the sequel are are fantastic. I can't say I speak enough for them because so often a lower budget movie and $800,000 is nothing to slough at. That's a pretty decent budget uh, for a, you know, a bunch of people running around in the snow is basically what it is. Uh, but so often areas are skimped on in these movies to, to, you know, to get them done in t- on time and in budget and all that good stuff. Uh, but you can tell that a lot of, of time must have gone into uh, the, the 
the little the, the few sets that they had and the way that the, the, these Nazi zombies look, it's it's great, very very well done. So, um, but if you look at the uh, the first movie, it was in two thousand nine. when those made. Basically, just think of it as an Evil Dead type knockoff from Norway um, with a lot of Evil Dead jokes in it. I think they work. I think they were funny, and uh, but you know, I, I think I've I've dropped my expectations down just a bit on this movie since my initial reaction to the movie. The first time I saw this this movie, I was like, "Wow, this is great! Uh, this is like one of the best zombie movies ever." Yeah, upon repeat viewings, okay, that's it is what it is. But I really enjoyed the movie, and I think that you should give it a chance. And my co-host, I think you should give it another chance. Now, now I'm going to hit on Dead Snow Part Two. Uh, Dead Snow 2 is, let me just pull up uh, the information here. I have the Blu-ray of it, and the Blu-ray, the, the first one was subtitled, and this one here was actually shot in English, at least it, from what I've seen. It didn't look like there was any dubbing on the movie, so this is in English, um, more than likely because uh, the director now is making more Hollywood-type movies. Um, Martin hasn't had the best vacation, um, and the uh, the whole deal here is the Nazi zombies are after this gold up on this mountain that belongs to them and whatever. It's a MacGuffin. Um, one of the guys from part one survived and he's uh, oh, I, I don't want to give too much away but let's just say he's, he's missing an arm and the Nazi zombies are back to um, reclaim the arm and just kill more people I guess. Uh, so his name is Martin. Martin hasn't had the best vacation. He accidentally killed his girlfriend with an axe. He cut off his own arm with a chainsaw, and his friends still get got devoured by a uh, battalion of Nazi zombies. This morning, he woke up in a hospital bed with a new arm, but it's a super-powered Nazi arm that wants to kill him and anything else it can reach. Martin's pissed, and with the help of his new zombie squad pals, he's going to deliver some payback to Colonel Herzog and his... Uh, precious Nazi gold by raising an undead army of his own. And um, so if if you're a horror fan like myself, then just reading the synopsis of that, uh, there's Evil Dead Part 2 in this movie with the whole arm being chainsawed off and all that stuff and the possessed arm and all that. That's, uh, that's Evil Dead Part 2 right there. Um, but that's okay. I'm not complaining. This is a lot more... Uh, paying tribute than full-on knockoff. Because, like I said, everything seems to be... uh, Everything seems to have gotten better with the second one. Um, Okay, so the budget was significantly more on this than the first one, and it shows. I mean, there's big sets. There's um, a lot of actors in this thing. I'm looking here, and this is just from Norway, but it says here 35 million... Norway dollars, and I'm not sure what that translates into American dollars, uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm guessing it's quite a bit more. Um, anyway, um, uh, boy, I'm, I'm there. There's so much going on in this movie, uh, almost too much. Like I said, it it seems like shaving a little bit of the runtime off, even though there's stuff going on. Constantly, it's not boring at all. It's, yeah, it's. There's just so much, and it just it starts to get like, come on. 
Um, I am seeing here actually on IMDb that it was shot in both Norwegian and English versions. So that obviously means that all of the actors had to uh, do different takes of the movie, which is interesting. I I think that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, again, there's the comedy in this works a lot better than the first one. So if you weren't a fan of the first one, you should give this one a chance, uh, especially if you liked. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. It's it's quite funny. It's really really gory. It's uh, there it, because this was such a bigger movie. I could tell different parts in the movie that uh, you could you could tell were there was some CGI gore, but it was done very well and they cut rather quickly. But a lot of times it seemed like it was practical effects. And if it wasn't, then bravo, they did a really good job at uh, at keeping it. Um, keeping it looking as practical as they could. But there's there's old World War II army tanks in this thing, and heads explode and guts are ripped out, and um, it's quite funny. So big thumbs up. I really, really liked it. Uh, again, wish that they would have taken the scissors to it just a hair more, but all in all, uh, it's a great double feature. Dead Snow Parts 1 and 2. I recommend those movies. So... Um, that's kind of the Christmas leftover type stuff. I could hit on all the other Christmas movies that I watched, but I'm going to be doing a big podcast later with my co-host Derek Marner on Movie Freaks, and I'll be talking all about a lot of the other movies that uh, that I don't really consider cinema's soft underbelly material. Uh, Bad Santa kind of sort of fits into this, as does the interview, I guess, but... Uh, once I start talking about Polar Express and Elf and Christmas Vacation and um, all the little kitty movies, nah, now nah, we're not so much. So I'll save those for the other show that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna be jumping back into Trauma here pretty soon. I'd like to get back into some of their stuff. The year is winding down, and I might uh, do a couple episodes about just kind of a year in review type of thing. I'm trying to keep. Uh, soft underbelly and movie freaks uh, info separate, but sometimes they kind of bleed into each other, so to speak, as far as movies that I've watched. In fact, I'm almost positive I'll be bringing up the interview on uh, on Movie Freaks show and uh, possibly uh, Dead Snow Part uh, Two, because that's the one I just watched. Um, so, but there's a lot of other stuff coming up soon. I'd like to hit on Clive Barker's filmography. Um, there's other other directors that I would like to to touch on. Some um, I touched on on uh, this director's two movies. I didn't really talk a whole lot about Hansel and Gretel: Witch Hunters, um, but th- next time I g- give that movie a rewatch, I'll do a little bit more of a a review on that movie when it's more fresh in my mind. Um, but I'm I'm not sure how I'm going to wind the year down completely, but. Uh, obviously, I'm going to keep going with this thing. In 2015, I'm going to have all sorts of uh, cool horror episodes coming up. I'll be hitting on sci-fi stuff and uh, exploitation stuff and 70s, 60s and 70s and some more 80s stuff. They're continuing to uh, release very, very low-budget uh, gems onto Blu-ray with these smaller companies that I've already talked about on previous episodes about how these companies are releasing them in very limited quantities. And uh, so they're just seeing the light of day as well as being able to be streamed. And I, I love that. I love that movies that, that are, are 
for me have long since been seemed to be lost are finding their way onto Blu-ray and a lot of the companies that are putting them out just like I said before are giving them loving remat lovingly uh created remasters in either 2K or 4K and it's just great to see these very very low budget movies from the 80s 70s 80s even into the 90s that um you've always just thought of as looking they're, they're supposed to look like that because they're, you know, crappy movies or whatever. But actually, no. Once you see them cleaned up, you know, Toxic Avenger is a great example. The Blu-ray of Toxic Avenger is fantastic. And it's like, wow, that movie actually at one at one point looked really good. And there are a lot of other movies uh, that I've been watching are like that, too. That they're getting tender, loving care and seeing the light of day. And honestly... Uh, and don't quote me on this, but I, I just have this strong hunch that this is probably the best that a lot of these movies will ever look because I can't imagine, um, I can't imagine that, that they're going to get a, a 4k Blu-ray release or, you know, I, who knows? I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so, uh, that's going to do it for me today. And I hope that you've enjoyed the episode. I hope that you give one of these movies a chance, especially, the interview. Support that movie. Rent it off of YouTube or Xbox or PlayStation. Uh, support the movie. Uh, and Down with censorship and cyber terrorism and all that crap. Um, it is really good to be back behind the mic again. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, Christmas every year seems to get less and less exciting to me. Uh, just dealing with just stuff and different opinions and just... But one thing always remains the same. I love movies. I love talking about movies. Uh, and I love sharing movies with with movie fans out there. So this is my release right here, and I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. And um, please feel free to give uh, the show that I'm on, Movie Freaks, a listen to over on YouTube and our friends Cinema Sidekicks over on iTunes. And they now have their own website as well. Uh, so, and I don't have that in front of me, but I think it's cinemasidekicks.com, I think. I don't have it in front of me, though, but anyway, uh, until next time, I'm Eugene Weaver, and thanks for listening.